I'm with Sean Willey from Cloud9 Spain. You've just become a developer of sorts, correct? Of sorts. Let's be very careful here. Yeah, because um, I, as you know, most people know if they watch our videos, uh, I live in Montemayor and there is a, a big plot next door to my house that I've always kind of had my eye on. And I always thought it would be great to, to develop that plot because of my proximity to it, my knowledge of it. Uh, it makes life very easy for me to, to show people, but also because I can see the potential in it. And so my initial idea was to develop the plot myself and to offer it uh, for sale and make some money and also get a happy client at the, at the end of the day. Things have changed a little bit since those initial thoughts because I've been through the hoops and I've spoken to a lot of people and now we're doing things in a slightly different way. But yeah, it's been an interesting exercise. I mean, we've been, we've been at this for probably the best part of four or five months now and the project has just been released to the market. So you can see that there's been quite a lot of work and effort going in in the background, which I'm quite happy to, to, you know, to share with you because it's been an interesting exercise. Let's go back a little. We were talking about Villa Malibu, Villa which, Malibu is, yeah. which is the first of a series of similar projects that you're, you're, you're hoping to do called the Marbella Sky Villas, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. And these are modern villas perched on very steep inclines on stilts. So very much like a Malibu, you know, Beverly Hills style hanging villas. Yeah, because the landscape here, particularly in Montemayor and most of the Ben Abbey's uh, urbanizations, the landscape is very similar to the landscape in Southern California. So I looked at what the Californians had done, how they had developed their land, because what a lot of people here in, in, in the Costa del Sol do is they, they're quite happy, you know, architects and, and builders, they're quite happy to develop on fairly flat plots. They're quite happy to develop on sloping plots. But when they see steep plots, they kind of go, oh, you know, no, no, no way. We don't know how to do that. You know, where do the retaining walls go? So we needed to look at a, a different approach. And I, you know, naturally, the best the plots in terms of the flat ones um, have have been snapped up and have been developed. So we're left with a, a land bank that is a little bit difficult. You know, it, it's steep or sloping but a lot of those plots are actually the most dramatic because they have great views they're, they're they offer different perspectives and the plots that i'm looking out for really are sloping i won't say steep sloping uh, but also wide because if you have a sloping plot but it but it's it's quite narrow there's not a lot you can do with it because obviously you have to build out and then when you build out the, the expenses are you know ramped up considerably but if you've got a plot that is is uh, steep but also very wide it means that you can you can put the house very close to the the you know the road but you can still have that that hanging effect that floating effect which i wanted to create and then if you look at the what they've done in southern california that's what they did as you said they built on on pillars or stilts with a concrete base and then you plonk the house on top i forgive the technical term and then you've <laughs> and then you've got a then you've got a a, a hanging house and that and what you get with a with a house like that is drama you know you get amazing views you get that sensation that you are hanging out into the in this case in montemayor into the countryside with amazing views you have uh, the opportunity if the plot is wide enough to build everything on pretty much on one level which makes the house seem enormous the downside is that because of the way you're building you don't really get much opportunity to to put a garden in if you want a garden normally you have to go out 
deep into the plot. And when you've got a plot that's that's very uh, steep or sloping, it, it, as I say, it, it becomes prohibitive in terms of the cost. So these houses aren't for everyone, but we analyze the market. Obviously, it helps being in real estate for 21 years. We, we analyze the market, the types of people who are who are up here in Montemayor, who buy here. And it's not a market that attracts young families uh, because of the location. It's more, you know, old and gnarly people like me, but it it's, tends to be good quality clients from all over the world, but they want a really good space to, to live in, to work in, and to entertain. And it's a house they also want to show off to their friends and family, let's be honest. And this ticks those boxes. It's a low maintenance house, it's eco-friendly, but it's, it's got drama. And there's not, there's not too many villas in our experience that, that offer all those, uh, all those things. That's the product. Yep. This has got it's gone out to sale now, hasn't it? What's the what's the starting price? It's one point nine nine seven five million. You priced, um, you priced it quite low in relation to what it is. Too because, low because it's the first of of them. Is that right? Yeah, and and there's also a reason why we, we why we did that, which comes down to the debate we had about becoming the developer or becoming the effectively the promoter. And we, we looked at developing the plot ourselves. Now, developing the plot yourself means that you need to look in very carefully into the, the financial implications, the legal implications, and the insurance implications. Because obviously, if you're, if you're developing it, so if I were to sell that, that project to you, I would offer you staged payment terms, and I would have to get an insurance policy in place to protect your funds. And there are two different ways of doing that. You can do that with a bank guarantee, but that means I can't really access your money. And I'm not a big developer. I haven't got access to those sorts of funds to build this, build this filler. So that was a no-no. The other opportunity is to get an insurance policy. So effectively, uh, you go out to an insurance company and I buy an insurance policy which protects your funds. And we then have to open a special account in a bank, which is controlled by the bank. And I can dip in there, get your money out to build the to build the villa which is great i can't use it for any other source i have to provide receipts and invoices and god knows what i can't go in there and take out you know 50 grand and go and buy a bmw it, it has to be absolutely relevant to the project and has to be signed off so that was the other option but effectively to buy an insurance policy obviously you know the, the insurance policy uh, the insurance company wants to see that you've actually you know you've got that money there sitting there that could help to, to, to finish off the villa. So we could have gone down that route, but it became quite onerous and very expensive, I'll be honest with you. So rather than offering you, Alfredo, the project at two and a half million, which is well, say 2.3 million, which is probably the eventual retail value of the house, we decided to do it a different way. So we decided to offer it as a, a traditional plot and build, but we also built in some value there for the, the end user, for the buyer. So it's become almost a bit of a joint venture, really, between us, the eco builders, and the and the buyer of the of the of the project. Right. So, what you're selling is the project with the and and, and you're going to project manage that, or does that then hand, go hand over to the builders? That gets handed over to the builders. So what we have is we have control of the plot. Obviously, it's next door to me. I know the owner, and what he's given us is a is a period of time, uh, very very kindly to to market and to sell this this project. So, what it means is that the buyer, if someone comes along and sees the plot and sees the project and says, "Yeah, I love this plot, but I don't like the project," well, they can't buy the plot. So they have to go with our our builders. They have to go with 
something like the design that we've come up with. There's still an opportunity to tweak a few things, but bearing in mind the, the limitations of the plot, there's not going to be a lot that you can tweak. You might want to have a master bedroom on the top level rather than four bedrooms in a row. Uh, you might want to take the home office out, although I can't see a reason why you do that. And there's also some optional extras that we've we've got there that that you might want to to have like a um, a rooftop kitchen and bar and stuff like that. So there are opportunities to customize it, but obviously that's not something we want to take up too much time. Uh, we want someone to come along and say, yeah, this is the the project for me, I want to tweak A, B, and C, and then let's go. Let's put the the, the application into the the town hall, and then we uh, then we start building. Okay. So are the applications for licenses in in Monte Mayor are fairly quick these days, or yeah, they they, they, they should be. I mean, obviously, because we we have uh, knowledge of the of the area. I'm on the committee of Monte Mayor, so I kind of know what what gets through and what what gets blocked. So I would imagine once you submit your your plans, and bearing in mind that we've We've done the, the hard bit in, in so far as we've we've designed the villa. And bearing in mind, it's not a, a flat plot of 3,800 square meters. It's a sloping plot. So there is, you are limited to what you can do. So we've designed what we feel is the best looking and most usable villa for that plot. So we've done that work. The the design is done. The renders are there. The floor plans are there. As I say, you can you can tweak a couple of things. Uh, but once someone you know a buyer says, "Yep, yeah, I'm happy with that," and has paid us a deposit, then that those plans go to the town hall at Ben Abbey. So that takes about three months for them to come back approved, and then you can start building. And because we're we're building with the uh, the eco construction guys. The, the actual house is, is very easy to build. The complicated part of this, this project is the base. So it's the pillars. You know, you've got to go down a long way. You've got to build that, that concrete base on which you can plonk, on which you can put the, uh, put the house. The house is the easy part because we're building with ICF blocks. We're building with, with um, eco-friendly materials. So it's probably going to be six months, no, probably four to five months to do the, the bottom half. And then again, probably six months for the house, which, you know, so altogether the, the construction period is probably around 12 months, but most of that or, or a large chunk of that really is for the, the, uh, the pillars and the, and, and the base. But yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the plan. Okay, so now there, there are plenty of agencies or agents that over the years, no doubt, have either considered doing the same or approached by sellers of plots and so on to take on a project like this. Um, your background and the business model of Cloud9 Spain is, 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 is heavily towards the new development of, of plan type projects. So your experience, the company's experience in this area is, is, is you know, I would say top two or three probably, mm -hmm. if not top in, in, in the Costa del Sol. What were you surprised about in terms of how easy or how hard the process has been and how is it different to what you expected? I think I mean, I've always had a tendency to, to get involved and want to get involved in, in new construction. I, I did so in England, I've, I've done so here, you know, for my own reasons. I think it's a natural kind of move for us to get involved in, in developing because we understand the market and we understand what buyers want. A lot of people with a 3,800 square meter plot would go big. They would, they would build big. They would say, you know, I want six bedrooms. Ugh, I want this, I want that, and I want... Actually, people don't want that. 
you know, particularly the market up here, people, you know, who buy up here haven't got five toddlers. They don't need lots of different bedrooms. They just need a really nice space and to take advantage of the landscape and the view. So I think that's where there's a natural move from the, the real estate side into developing for us because we understand the market. We've been around for 21 years. We've seen what people like. We've seen what people don't like. And we don't get carried away with ourselves, you know? Try not to. I, th I think what shocked me, not shocked me, but but when I sat down, you know, I, I got a bit overexcited at the start. We had the plans, we had the renders. Oh, great, you know, fantastic. Isn't this amazing? And, and it's very easy to become self-indulgent. And that's always that, you know, whenever you've got your, anyone who's got their own business, it, you know, it, it's, it's a problem. You need someone like you, Alfredo, to drag you back to say, hang on, you know, stop, stop messing around, stick, stick to what you're good at. And that's what we did. We actually said, okay, we are very good at developments, but we are not developers. So we hired a really good architect. Um, whose clients, you know, in the past have included Mercedes-Benz and Deutsche Bank and stuff like that. We hired a really good architect to look at that plot and come up with the best possible design, the sexiest uh, renders, you know, the best that we could possibly produce to get people interested. We did that and we did that well, I think. We also, I, I wanted it to be uh, an eco-friendly villa. So we identified a construction company that could offer us all those traits and also with the eco construction it means that we we get out of the project quite quickly that doesn't mean to say we're not caring about due diligence and, and about making sure this is a fantastic project because it will be and it has to be because i'm living next door i don't want someone coming knocking on my door saying hey hang on a minute you know my, if that tap doesn't work no i don't want any of that so it has to be a good project i'm i'm you know that's our our first marbella sky villa and he and she are my next door neighbors so it's got to be right but once we got into the, the detail of it, it was something that I realized if we were going to be the developer, there are, as I say, enormous sort of financial implications, which is understandable and fine to a degree. There are enormous legal implications. But more than that, it was the, the time that it would take to, to oversee this, this development. And I know what I'm like. I know that once I get into a project, I'll be on it 24 seven. And to be honest with you, it would become a distraction from our from our day to day business. So we took a decision to be effectively the promoter rather than the developer. So someone who would oversee the project, rather than be boots on the ground, every day, making sure the builders are doing their job. So we, we decided to do it from a different tack. And what we also, as I say, decided to do because it's our first project in the area of this type of house. And because we, we want a satisfied client and we want to sell this quite quickly so that we can move on to other things, we decided to promote it at a really good price. I mean, we round tabled this. We spoke to a lot of people locally and the, the consensus of opinion was that the house, when it's finished, will be worth, as I say, around 2.3 million. We're marketing it at just under the 2 million. So we're building in some value for the buyer. And I would rather do that, get it sold quickly, take a smaller margin, and move on to something else. And I had a chat with the builder yesterday who, who is like-minded. We could hold out for 2.3 million, no problem at all. And we might well get it, but I don't want to be tied to one thing. I want to, you know, ease some cash flow. I want to be known for offering a really good product at a really good value and people who deliver on time to specification and get a good reputation that way rather than sitting on stock and then worrying about not selling and selling oh, you know I, I don't need that that stress in my life you've obviously done the numbers on this mm -hmm. 
and what it can what the margin would be for yourself or mm -hmm. for cloud nine spin and the amount of effort it's taken so far mm -hmm. and the amount of attention it's taken so far and investment mm -hmm. and the time it will take because you still mm -hmm. throughout the whole process is still going to be your involvement yeah yep. is it worth it <laughs> the thing is it, everything's relative isn't it is it worth it compared to what money you earn doing your your day job and that's that's the balance i i think it is worth it i also think it's you know that again coming into that equation you have to consider do you enjoy it you know i'm getting to a stage in life now where i actually want to enjoy what i do uh, i don't want to be a slave to it and i i enjoy that kind of work i enjoy having 500 spreadsheets around my, my desk, you know, with all these figures on and working out, you know, how we can make a bit of money out of it, how I can offer value to a buyer. I, I love all that. And I love the, 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 the inception, uh, the conception. What's the word? I don't know. But the bit where you're getting the thing off the ground in terms of plans and renders and seeing it come to life that way. But I'm not a builder. So at that point, I need to, to partner with a builder who knows what they're doing, who can work on that type of land, who can deliver my my idea and that's what i enjoy doing so to answer your question the money that i'm likely to make out of it i think is worth that that effort and that heartache and that stress because actually i kind of enjoy it if i didn't enjoy it i'd be like nah let's stick to real estate you know but i actually do like it and i see i see this as a, as a bit of an evolution in, in terms of the business i wouldn't want to build a block of apartments i wouldn't want to build 50 villas a year it would do my nothing but i think you know if it was one or two in an area that i know in an area that i understand and to a to a potential market base of people who i understand because they're probably a little bit like me then yeah i'm all over it and i i, I want to do it I, I mean we've identified two other plots well three other plots but one of our clients bought uh, bought the other one the other week which was a bit disappointing but you know i had to sort of stand back and we've had approaches from various people to to fund these these uh these developments you know like just just buy the plots and do the but then you know they want their their cut they want their return and then i you know i'm answerable to them so yeah maybe one day but at the moment i'm quite happy ticking along with the model that we have what was the most most surprising surprisingly expensive part of this process so far for you well i mean there's there's, there's kind of four elements of the of the the whole project in, in terms of cost the first one is the plot and i think the plot is 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 reasonable value the second part is the is the build so the actual house the third part is the what i call the engineering which is the the bits that give you the base on which to build the house. And normally that's retaining walls. In this case, it's it's pillars and a concrete base. Um, and the fourth part, which is often overlooked, is the the extra fees. So the licenses, you know, the 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 bits you have to pay for a surveyor, for a geotechnical, for and that is the bit, that that fourth element is the bit that just just keeps on stacking up because I've got a pretty fair idea of how much it costs to build a house and how much it costs to to build the, the, the kind of infrastructure that we need to support the house. That, that wasn't too much of a surprise. It was the, the extra fees and the extra costs and what you have to pay to the town hall and the licenses and the architect and blah, blah, blah. So you have to, you know, you have to allow for, you know, for that. And um, I had done, but I was, I was a little bit short on my estimations. I should have been an architect because honestly, I would have been a far wealthier guy. So you you uh, there are some costs that you've mentioned that you would only pay or one would only 
they would only incur when the pro when the project goes ahead and uh, right but there must have been some of those fees that you've had to eat in advance before you even knew whether you were going to fully go with this project is that right yeah so you know we have to prepare something for the market to look at and go ooh so the the what i've had to fork out so far is effectively to the architect for his work on evaluating the plot and coming up with the, the floor plans and the section plans and the renders. So that's what uh, I have committed to and, and paid for, which, yeah, it's a, it's a five figure sum. It's not, it's not nothing, but you know, I, I, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to invest in the, in the project. The next investment for us would be the, the geotechnical because we have the topographical. So the geotechnical and, and, you know, any, any reservation would be subject to the geotechnical being satisfactory. And the geotechnical, for those who don't know, is when they actually pile into the, into the land to see what, what is there, what you're standing on. Is it sand? Is it rock? The good thing about this particular plot is it's sandwiched between my house and another house that we, we actually sold as well. So you would think, bearing in mind it's part of the same hillside, that the land would be pretty similar to the land that, that is underneath the two existing houses, which is good solid rock. But we, we won't know 100% for certain until we've drilled down. So what we are going to do is when we get, you know, when we've agreed to sell the, the project to a buyer, the buyer will send a deposit to a special holding account. And at that stage, we will do the geotechnical survey. And if the geotechnical survey is okay or within, you know, within certain parameters that is okay for us as promoters and, and builders. So for instance, if we're expecting, I don't know, the, those costs to be hundred thousand euros and it ends up that the geotechnical report says there's a, something nasty there and they end up being 300,000 euros, then we would have to go back to the buyer and say, okay, sorry, but our, our costs are, considerably higher we are going to have to change the price of the project this is the new price or you get your money back absolutely no problem all right at all. so but they can they can step out at that point yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely right. but it's, it's there but basically they're 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 um holding it until we've just done that geotechnical which can be done in a couple of weeks but we are fully expecting we're 99 sure that the geotechnical is not going to deliver any nasty surprises or if it does there'll be surprises that we can we can cope with within the, the budget that we've allowed for that. Um, so I'd be very, very surprised if the geotechnical uh, says, you know, sorry, but you're building on sand. And if that's the case, then the, the buyer gets their, their deposit back. Putting your agent head on for a second, what would be your advice to the buyer who is interested in a project like this? What, what should be their due diligence? There's two elements. When you're looking at, at it from a buyer point of view, there's two elements. The first is the plot. So you need to make sure that that what we're saying can be built on the plot can be built. And that's just, excuse me, that's just a check that your lawyer will do um, with the town hall at Ben Abbey's. I mean, I can provide that information anyway, but it, you, on each plot of land, you have a coefficient on what you can build. Here in on this plot, it's 12.2%. And that is what you can build above ground and habitable. Doesn't include terraces because they're not considered as, as, as habitable. So we're, we're well within that. So your lawyer will confirm that all that is is good. We're not inventing something that can't be can't be built. That what we have what we have thought of for that that land is is buildable and relevant and legal. And then the second point is the the contract with the the building company. 
and that needs to be checked to make sure that it's it's fair to both parties and that the buyer is protected in the in the event of anything happening and the the key thing here it's a bit like doing a, a plot and build yourself but without all the hassle you know whenever you if you were to buy a plot and develop you have those you know conversations with architects with builders you enter into a building contract it's it's pretty much exactly the same but what we're doing is we're taking away 90% of the pain i would say and we're offering probably a similar price to to what you could do it for yourself there's a little bit of margin in there but that's that's because we're taking away the grief so it's almost like a, a halfway house between a plot and build and paying a, a developer to to build the whole thing for you and add their huge margin on at the end we're, we're kind of in in between that which is a fairly new concept here really because normally it's one or the other so we're offering that 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 input into the design if you want to get involved on a month-to-month day-to-day basis feel free but actually we're taking care of that we know what we're doing we know what we're building we're doing that but also what we're doing is we're offering you a you know a margin almost like a joint venture like a like a partner like you would do on a plot and build you would build in some some margin there for for the buyer whereas with a development you don't do that because the developer takes more of a cut even though there's probably a little bit more surety around around the structure we put it to market i think a few days ago i'm just waiting on the final payment terms from the the builder uh, that should be ready today actually then we can put those forward because we have three people very interested already but they just want to see the work out their their cash flow but yeah we have three people interested we haven't really pushed it so i'm hoping i'm hoping that uh, it will it will go uh, very quickly and then we'll be on to uh, promoting the next one but obviously we want to make sure that we're delivering on this one we don't want to overstretch ourselves in any in any way at all okay well thank you very much for sharing all these ins and outs we shall no definitely reconvene in oh, yes. a few months' time and see uh, see where, where where the story takes us. No, you never know. We might have the concrete base up in three months' time. We'll be able to stand there and do this. Are you going to have any say on who buys it? Well. <laughs> because they're going to be your neighbors, right? <laughs> yeah. So once you've, <laughs> once you've agreed to, to buy the project, you then have to go through a vetting procedure, which is like 15 interviews. No, no, no. I mean, look. Obviously, if there's someone who wants to buy it who is an absolute nightmare, I've got to be honest about this. We are in control of that plot. If someone comes along and they are hillbillies with 15 children and 25 barking dogs, sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be doing them a favor, to be fair, wouldn't you? Because uh, that's not the place for some, but the mayor isn't the place for that no, sort of setup. It's, it's yeah. not. But the, the people who've expressed an interest so far, uh you know they seem to be lovely lovely people and are you so. hoping that they will invite you over for dinner to the fancy uh sky villa with well, some jazz in the background i'm hoping they'll never be there that's <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, the, the thing about monte mayor it's a weird i mean you've been up here it's, it's a it's a strange place it's very beautiful it's very uh, scenic but it's the sort of place you would expect to hear things like the occasional dog or the occasional baby nothing it's just silent it's it's you know you might hear the the deer in rutting season you know oh my god but that's about it It, it's a strange place because there are dogs here you know people a lot of people have have pets don't hear a thing so i yeah of course i want to wow i want to go around for a dinner party of course i do i mean the problem i'm gonna have 
is that we build this thing because it is it, it is spectacular i mean you'll probably be showing some renders on this on this video but it's going to be a great space and paul and i were talking you know because the, the villa we're in is very under the sea and it's it's got lots of steps and blah blah yeah there's going to come a time if we make it 20 years down the line you know like we might be looking to that for that spectacular one level space no maintenance that's the villa isn't it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure Okay, well, Sean, thank you very much for sharing all this with us. We shall keep in touch and see where this goes. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Take care. Thank you. There are enormous legal implications, but more than that. Sorry, sorry. Can I go flow? Amazon. Just give me one second. Literally one second.